ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbono. And welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from the Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 804 of The Right Hour. Our world today is connected in many ways, and we need to be aware of how our differences can help and hurt others. We enjoyed a powerful discussion on diversity with our guest, Javon Bolden. Also, she shares tips on how to create a daily writing practice. For more than 15 years, Javon Bolden has served in various editorial roles from both Christian and mainstream traditional publishers from copy editor to senior acquisitions editor. Now leading her own publishing consulting firm in Bolden Media Group, she remains as an essential editorial partner, ghostwriter and writing coach, publishing consultant, and now a literary agent for a number of ABA and CBA best-selling authors. While she and her team provide custom editorial and publishing services to independent authors around the world, she has an experience in a broad range of topics including natural health and wellness, spiritual and personal growth, Christian living, and children's nonfiction. Javon has a Bachelor of Arts degrees in English with a minor in sociology from the University of Alabama. And may our discussion inspire you to take a closer look at your writing to make sure you are being sensitive to people different from you. Welcome to this episode of The Right Hour. I've got Sherilyn Bisbano with me of the Right Coach team, and we are interviewing today Javon Bolden. I'm so excited to have you, Javon. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Joyce. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and your writers. Thank you. Well, first, if you could tell us a little bit about you and your journey to becoming a writer, an editor, and a publisher. How did that all come about? Well, it came about during, actually after college. Only thing I knew was that I didn't actually want to spend the ne- I was in college, knew that I did not want to spend the next 12 or so years working toward being a neurosurgeon. That's what I was in school for at the time, oh, wow. uh, biology major. And I did well. It wasn't that I was bad at it. I was good. I did well. Um, just wanted to find my passion. I, you know, I said, well, what do I really want to do? What do I want to spend the bulk of my life life doing? And of course, you know, we sometimes weigh out those decisions between a passion and something that'll make us money. I chose to, I wanted to have both. I'm usually the type of person who wants to have it all in some ways. So uh, it, it sounds weird because even as I think about what I'm doing now, most people would not connect that with being very lucrative, uh, the starving writer uh, stereotyping. But um, I did change my major in college to English as I thought back to the only class in high school in my senior year I would not skip. Um, all seniors, we just had this thing. We wanted to skip, leave campus, get in somebody's car, go to Taco Bell or something like that. And I was one of those who did that occasionally because I was a good student, but I still skipped class, whatever. 
So I that I enjoyed English so much. I love the idea of reading and experiencing culture through someone else's eyes, experiencing a location, a place, ideology, a thought process, any beliefs. We can experience that mm. through other people's writing. And it's sort of like, I don't actually have to do these things, you know, some things you don't want to do that you're reading, but you can kind of get a window into somebody else's world. And I just loved it so much. The other part of it, of course, is that you get to see yourself, you know, you're actually looking into a mirror, you get to understand yourself better. And um, English was just that space for me. And I said, I kind of want to live there. I love the idea of being um, connected with others in, in that way, and also being very well connected with myself, what I think my inner world. And so writing, being an introvert that I am, that it was just, English was just that perfect environment. So I changed my major to English. And yeah, and so that was it. And after college, I applied for some positions that sort of fit the person with, you know, when you're looking at the job descriptions, you're trying to figure out, well, okay, person, the requirements were a person with an English degree or whatever, right. applied to every position I could find in that area. And I got a call back from one publisher and I started out in the industry as a copy editor. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how it started. And then after being an editor for 12 years at one publisher, I moved on to the next in children's publishing. Um, I'm sorry. So let me back up. I was an editor in, in uh, Christian nonfiction publishing, trade publisher, traditional publisher, spent 12 years there as an editor, then left and went to another publisher and worked in children's nonfiction wow. for a number of years, and then just launched my company in November of 2017 to help people publish independently and to help them land positions with publishers. So I've been doing that for almost, it's a little over two years now, it was two years in November. Yeah, I tried. I tried. It's a all. It's obviously a long story because it's sixteen years worth of sixteen years plus college of information. So I hope I answered that appropriately. Uh, oh, you did. Yes, you did. Um, I had read on your website. This is Sherry Lynn. I had read on your website something about diversity in writing. Can you give us what is your definition of diversity, and how do you, Javon, apply it to writing? So, of course, diversity covers a variety of things. Um, you know, one one space is ethnicity. We've talked about gender diversity. There's, you know, obviously religious diversity and educational diversity, economic diversity, ideologically, ideological diversity, philosophical. I mean, so different ways of thinking, accepting different ideas and, and thoughts into a space. So diversity, of course, is just, you know, the idea of difference and variance on a number of, from a number of positions in life and perspectives. And how I see that reflected in writing is where all of that can have a place and people, a writer can write authentically from any one of those positions. Yes. And then even reflect ideas different from them in a dignified and respectful way. It does not mean that yes. it has to be agreeable, but yeah. that's my definition. Yeah, I, that, that, I like that definition. I like what you said, Javon, about we need to be respectful, but we don't have to be agree. Right. No, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to agree. But I do think that when you're presenting another, I did not personally take this class, but when we take those classes on debate, 
you're respectfully, you have to repeat, you know, kind of say what you understand the other person's position to be, and then you state your position. Right. And it's okay if it, and you know, sometimes it's actually pretty interesting. No, not sometimes. Most cases, if we respect that, those environments where there's difference are so wonderful to be a part of. Right. Right. I love diversity because it, as a writer, it opens up my eyes to the world, not just mm-hmm. the world I was born in, but diversity just opens up my, my eyes to what's really going on out in the world, not just my own little yeah. world, what's really going on in other viewpoints. Right. And I think, absolutely. And I think that's a lost art right now is being respecting people's differences. Mm. Uh, that's a kind of a beef of mine is just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I don't like you or I hate you. It just means I don't agree with you. I look at a world through a different lens and there needs to be respect both ways. I feel like mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't agree with me, that's fine. But that doesn't mean you need to attack me personally about that either. If just yeah. difference is opinion and I think that that's a lost art. I feel like our, our founding fathers of the United States did that well. It is, they, they debated things. They didn't agree about everything, but they were able to work through things and, and have it, things protect us so that we can all work and live together. So I, I love that, being respectful and kind to each other. Well, tell us. Yeah, and I think, I think that there's, you know, I also think that there's, agreeability where we, you know, obviously we won't agree, but, you know, of course, being able to state, which is where writing is very effective, essay writing and opinion writing, where you feel like someone's position could be harmful to you. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we don't always know if even what we think or believe is harmful to someone because we are not in their position or not in their space. And so even being able to talk through some of the responses, having room for that, that's, you know, writing presents that opportunity as well. When you're reading someone who is coming from a different position, sometimes we're able to even, you know, that's an opportunity for us to, like Sherilyn said, kind of grow because we're seeing a perspective different than ours. And what we Mm -hmm. thought was okay, I can have this position. This is fine for me. But writing has a way of showing you how what you think or believe affects someone who is different than you. Yes. So I think that's highly valuable when we're talking about growing and Mm -hmm. being in community with others. Maybe I'm not always connected with a certain group of people, but if I read from their perspective and I do engage with them or have that wonderful opportunity to do that, I'm able to say, okay, my, my way of processing or seeing them or my own belief about something or another affects them in this way and I want to make sure that I'm a safe person so that I'm not harming them and their their personhood you know so yeah right exactly and that that's where you can be respectful of others and not agree with them and be by looking at things from their point of view so that's wonderful well what common mistakes do writers make using diversity in fiction and in nonfiction? if you want to bounce off either way. What are some of the things that you've seen? I I definitely think one of the challenges, so one of the challenges with writing diversely, if you are a person who is from one community or one thought process, one ethnic group or something, and you're writing from that place and about that thing or whatever, there's, there's usually not much 
challenge that you have is when you're reaching over to write about someone who is different than you and writing those experiences. And those are usually where those mistakes are made. Writing from a place of um, ignorance, not really knowing what is actually happening in that community or in that person, from that person's perspective, you end up, writers can end up sometimes unintentionally and sometimes intentionally, it depends on the person, truthfully, can end up writing into stereotypes and, and, and promoting stories that are not fully representative of the space that they're writing into. So those are most of the challenges that I experience. I do, of course, do some sensitivity reading for writers who are writing outside of their own uh, ethnicity. And so a lot of those are, are just a lack of experience with the group. And not, you know, uh, when we're writing, we should be doing research. We should be connecting with people who've lived. In, and we've even talked, you know, as I'm just talking about we as coaches or publishers or whatever, when we're talking about fiction, you know, driving down the street, you know, drive down the street you're writing about, or if it's a real place that you're writing, you know, really kind of get in there and experience. If you're writing about a person who is not from your ethnic group, talk to them, engage with them, have dinner with their families, really just, and then I will add this other part, get sensitivity reading. And sometimes that really helps because it could be a matter, it could be a situation where you should not actually be writing the story. That happens sometimes where the story is not yours to tell. And so just really kind of knowing that and reaching out to people who do the same work that you all do that I do and get that, get the feedback that you need, be able to say, okay, maybe this isn't the story I should be telling. Maybe I should encourage this person to tell their own story. So those are some of the issues that I see just um, writing outside of your comfort zone, writing outside of what you know, um, Mm -hmm. what is true for you, what is authentic for you. Mm -hmm. And, And so a lot of times writers are stretching and there's stereotypes, you know, being promoted and, and, and supported. It's just, it just can be a, a really challenging thing when <laughs> the mistakes yes. show up. Um, yeah. Just not representing people fairly. Um, yeah. So explain what is sensitivity reading is. That? I was going to ask her the same thing. What is the sensitivity <laughs> for the audience? Sensitivity. Sensitivity. Okay. Sensitivity reading is where a person who has experience uh, in that, group or community or ethnic group or thought, they're reading your work and critiquing it for fairness, authenticity, fair representation, and making sure that, you know, the persons are reflected in a a respectful light. Obviously, there are people, you know, who are bad in every cultural group or whatever. So it's not like we, you know, don't tell the truth. That's not the idea. But make sure, making sure that they're presented in a fair light something mm-hmm. derogatory or offensive, that kind of thing? Yes, yes, to some degree. Yeah, but like I said, you know, obviously there's points where we could be talking about a dictator or something. Right. Uh, obviously, he did he did some bad things, but we're going to respect his culture, his, you yes. know, whatever. Right. And so a sensitivity reader is in, is a person who can read for your sensitivity in that area? Are you sensitive to these issues? And some, a lot of times, if we're not writing from that, that, that place, that lived experience, we could be insensitive and not know it. Right, and not and so the sensitivity it. reader is pointing out your blind mm-hmm. spots in those areas. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. 
Siobhan, I wanted I wanted to ask you, I in fact I think I'm going to purchase your book, Pray Here, Right? Where you oh, yes. days of prayers and fasting for breakthrough in writing. A lot of our listeners are Christians, but I think anybody could glean yes. from this and how to how to just sit and listen and, and, and have a breakthrough in your writing. But um, can you tell us when you were writing this book, what was your writing process like? <laughs> so it's funny that this would not fit into the perfect uh, writing practice that we all. <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe it would. Maybe it, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play around with this idea for a minute, and so that I can make sure our listeners know the value of a daily writing practice. So let me let me say this. That book was written through my own experience over the course of 16 years being an editor. Okay, just so I'll just put that out there. The other part of that is that I actually did try, you know, write write this content every day um, in a group that I'm an admin of. There's about 5,000 writers in this writers group um, on Facebook that I'm at, you know, an administrator for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was walking them through a series of prayers. There's actually 40 of them, but I took 21 of them and adapted them for this work. I wrote on this book every day. However, the truth of the matter is I did not know it was a book until literally I was sitting before in, you know, sitting in my writing time, you know, praying and kind of thinking through, you know, some things. And it literally hit me. You need to put this in a book. So the book came together in a matter of, oh, a few weeks, maybe. And then I had it edited and mm-hmm. all of the good stuff. I had a cover design. But yeah, it was a process, of course, a daily writing thing. But I think that's the wonderful thing about a daily writing practice is that sometimes ideas can come and what you have written before can be pulled into a wonderful work that really benefits uh, your audience. So, and, and then, of course, if you are active in social media and building a platform, you'll actually have the opportunity to see how your content, in, you know, impacts your writer readers before yes. you've written it. So you know if you're providing a need or not. So, yes, writers, I encourage you to engage with your audience in social media. That's very helpful. Definitely. Or if you're a, spe- or if you're a speaker, you can begin to speak some of those things, you know, in your talks, in your Mm -hmm. workshops or whatever you facilitate and kind of test out your content ahead of time before writing. So yeah, yeah, that's, that book did come out of my writing practice, but as far as putting it together and deciding it was a book that happened really fast. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That is an interesting take on that. I'm excited to get it. It's, it's something I I love to do books about prayer and writing and things like that. And you've got it all it's and, like mind, yes. soul, body, because uh, as writers, it doesn't matter what so we were talking about diversity. It doesn't matter what religion we are. We have our hope in something. We get our power from somewhere. And we need to do the holistic mind yes. whole thing, take care of ourselves and yes. pray, meditate. And this book will probably help many people. Yeah. Not that she, yes. she didn't it know how to talk about her book. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. I really have received such wonderful responses from writers who have read. They have been sparked into new ideas. They have 
finished book proposals. They've broken through blockages. You know, all kinds of things. I, I've just received such engagement. Pray here, right? So I think what you were saying is many writers have been helped by your book. They were yes, I was just to do things. Yes, yes, quite a few mentioned to me that they have been able to finish books that have been long time coming. It's been hard to break through in some areas as far as, you know, writer's block, which I think is not completely true. They've been, but they've been able to find that vein and, you know, really pour out onto the page. If some have mentioned, I finally finished my book proposal. I broke through this space and that space that was the creative block was there. And so a lot of um, wonderful testimonies and responses have come from writers who've read it. Isn't that why we Uh-oh. write? Because we want to yes. invoke emotion and help other people and help people inspire people. That's why I write. I write to inspire people yes. and help people teach people. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, I love that, that your book is doing that. Well, what do you feel is a hot topic for the upcoming year? Do you have any insight for us for from like the publishing standpoint of what people what they might be looking for or what is hot right now that people are working on or, or doing the space that i operate in is is christian publishing right. and one one of the main topics which i think is so wonderful well i could say this across the board is women you know just becoming confident in who they are the gifts that they have the talents expertise professionalism leadership being able to confidently walk in that in their professions or in their you know you know ministries whatever they're dealing with and a lot of content is coming through in that vein over the next few years. Just wonderful things about being confident in your voice. Just It's just been really cool. That's what I see coming up. That's yeah. a new hot topic. Not yeah. a new hot topic, but... A- Women um, and leadership and their confidence level. Yes, definitely. There's a wonderful turn of culture and events and social structures that women are rising and being able to uh, speak their truth. And yeah, and I really see that as being a wonderful hot topic in books coming in the, in the next couple of years. Yes. Awesome. Well, give us some words of advice and encouragement for some new writers or maybe someone who's struggling writing their book. Maybe they're stuck and it could be a confidence issue or it could be a time issue. They're, got a demanding schedule and they're trying to squeeze it in in the in the wee hours of the morning or night. So what encouragement or advice do you have for those people? Well, I encourage you to keep at it. You set the time and keep going for it. Or early morning seems to be one of the one of a good space to begin to write. That's when um you know you're 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 fresh. There's no distraction. I recommend for my writers that they Carve out that time between 5 and 7 a.m. before anybody is waking up, before work starts to call, and um, before even checking email. You know, go ahead and go into that space. If you have a spiritual or religious practice, I know some people feel like writing is what's its own thing, but writing is something that flows out from the inside of us. And I really feel like sometimes when when you join those two practices together, your spiritual, religious practices, Um, some really true and authentic and powerful writing can come from that space. 
I have uh, friends who, writers who are movers, you know, they run or they have their yoga or something that they're doing in the morning, mm-hmm. but have, have a way for you to either use your um, um, voice recorder or have a quick pad to write down ideas because ideas I don't when I when I used to work out in the morning I, I need to get back to it everybody um but a lot of ideas would just be coming because your your blood is pumping I mean literally your brain is highly engaged or it has room to engage so I just encourage you if you have certain daily practices involve your writing in that space and as far as finding time you carve out that time you make that time and and yes um, sometimes you have to combine more than one thing together, especially when it comes to those daily practices, because writing does need to be something that you're doing every day, especially when it comes to perfecting the craft. Right. Um, one other piece of advice that I would throw out is, yeah, use your social media to try out ideas, blogs. Sometimes writers are like, I don't know what to write, or I thought about this, or I have this idea, and I don't know what to do with it. Put it on your blog. Try it out. See, you know, yes, have a blog because sometimes you'll get, you'll have sometimes what I consider can be writer's block because you won't release your ideas. Right. Um, you know? you got to let so, break and let, it, let the ideas flow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my advice. That's a little bit of my advice there, yeah. Well, I love that. I, you know, we're talking about needing to get back into the exercise routine. I have thought about that. And this week, I have gotten up early. I've exercised oh, three of the four days. and then That's so awesome. And because I, I do do this full time, um, a couple of days, I had my quiet time. And then I went into either editing or writing for, with my client. Yeah. And th- it was a nice flow. And then I got ready for the day. Right. Um, and yes. Then, it was a nice flow for me because, like you said, mm-hmm. I was in that space, uh, right? And, and the ideas and the energy was all there. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of energy mm-hmm. used physically for creativity. So I like that. I like having putting those together. And it's something that if it's yeah. felt great this week, I felt more accomplished this week, and then, you know, it felt good to mm-hmm. move me again because I sit on my tail way too much. <laughs> so. Yeah. As as writers and editors, we do a lot of sitting, so it is good to get we some. We do. Yeah, it's yes, good. absolutely. That sounds, I love that, Joyce. That's so cool. Yes. Well, thank you, and um, good luck with getting back on your routine, because uh, I know you. I know I need to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for being here and all your wisdom you've shared with us. And we will share your links in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about Javon Bolden, you can. And we will have all of her information in the show notes. And you can learn more about her there. But thank you and have a good day. All right. You too. Thank you, Joyce. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. That's the W-R-I-T-E coach dot B-I-Z. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, 
create and organize your content and complete your book. We share writing tips on the writing process and you can download the writing planner to track your progress to create your weekly and monthly milestones to complete your book. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.